0: Just a warning that this podcast contains language that might not be suitable for younger listeners. Hello everybody, and a big welcome to Curious About Creativity. I am one of your hosts, Steph
1: Turner, and I'm joined by the fabulous. Ashley Evenson. Thanks, Ashley. I don't know why I said it like a robot or like a kid who just learned English. I was trying to give you a really fabulous intro. Welcome. You know, you know, you did such a great job that I got really nervous, and then I was like, I don't know, I don't even know what my name is or how syllables work.
0: You're here. It's all right. Welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So today we are joined by Eden Silvermeyer, who is a jeweler, um, an artist, a workshop. Facilitator and more recently a mindfulness teacher. Mm. Um, Now, what I love about Eden is her ability to really integrate all of her skills and passions to run mindful creative sessions for people. And what I think is so fantastic, and what I'm really excited to hear more about today, and one of the reasons I really wanted to get her on the podcast is she really helps us to connect with um creativity in its very raw form without any sort of judgment um Mm. without kind of i suppose unlearning actually all of the things that we've got through our education system and through people around us about what's good and what isn't and she takes kind of all of that away and just allows you to be with whatever materials you're creating with i'm so excited here we go We are joined by the wonderful Eden Silvermeyer. Hi, Eden. Hello. And just to let our listeners know a little bit more about you, I'm going to share... What I Know About You. Eden is an art enabler, mindfulness teacher, artist and jewellery maker based in North London. And she runs incredible online art sessions and mindfulness sessions. And I think really encourages people to be themselves and also explore and celebrate their own creativity, even if they don't see themselves as creative. So really excited to be talking uh, more with you about your own personal creative journey and also perhaps bringing some perspectives in from people you've connected with through your workshop. But you've also done a whole host of creative uh, training and other roles, so um, Eden studied a fine art foundation at Central Saint Martins, went on to study at dual, three-dimensional design at UCA, and also has an MA in Curating Contemporary Design from Kingston University. So all sorts in there um and most recently you've qualified as a mindfulness teacher and I'm really excited to hear about um how that's integrated into your creative practice too so a huge huge welcome thank you so much for for joining us i um, really excited uh to have you today
2: oh thanks so much wow that was a, a very prestigious welcome thank you I've
0: got a very prestigious guest <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Ashley and I were also uh, chatting about this earlier about how um, how uncomfortable it is sometimes to hear your own introduction.
2: <laughs> I know I feel like I need to be really grand now and like, say things really beautifully. You no, do, you. I won't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so this series is called "Giving It a Go." Yeah, we are really interested in kind of demystifying the idea of creativity, um, and also hopefully encouraging people who maybe don't see themselves as creative to to give it a go uh, for people who perhaps are not sure about if they want to maybe make a career out of creativity in some way or perhaps even people who are practicing creatives um, I think there's so much to learn from from each other so we're really interested to hear a little bit about your own journey Eden so when did you realize that you were creative or that creativity was going to be a major part of your life
2: uh, always just as far as I can remember, just I, I've dug out some photos recently of me doing some naked painting in the garden. Of Amazing. <laughs> age two or three maybe. Um, you know, pictures of me smearing paint on the wall. You know, when you are at school and people ask what you're gonna be when you grow up and I always said an artist. Um, And actually, I think it's only been within the last year or so that I'd actually call myself an artist. But I think that's another that's another story that's about self-belief and self-confidence. But, um, yeah, I think I've always been interested in doing things with my hands. And I can remember being so enthralled by shows on TV like Art Attack. Ah, this is going to absolutely date how old I am art attack smart that was a bit that was a bit later um do you remember play days oh yes play days and there was the poppy stop I actually went on a bit of a YouTube journey this morning looking (laughs) at this already recommended um, so that was the one where she did lots of um, cutting and painting and gluing and stuff so it's just always been a part of me and it's just sort of as I've grown and sort of worked out my path in life as it become more of what I'm doing from day to day yeah
0: I you know I can tell from all the different things that you've done so far in your life um, that you've meandered around different forms of creativity and different um what's the right word for I'm going to say mechanisms but that's not the word that I mean you know what I mean Um, but yeah curious to to hear a bit more about that and and perhaps some of the decisions that led to to making some of those changes really
2: they are it was definitely meander that is absolutely the word that I use there was a lot of not knowing what I wanted to do a lot of not really knowing who I was um, which is also, I think, really relevant because I've sort of meandered into this place of sort of the crossover of creativity and mental well-being. And I think for me, mental health has been such a big part of my life, just as, again, as far back as I can remember. So dealing with that, dealing with creativity, using creativity to sort of uh, explore. Looking back, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I was at school absolutely no idea the only thing I know knew was that I loved to be in the art department I was a little um, recluse there I used to go and hide there at lunch times and ran the art club from what I can remember um, so when it came to uh, choosing the next part I just basically went with what my friends were doing I knew I wanted to do some sort of art foundation I wasn't ready to leave home yet so I wanted to do something whilst I was still near home So I went to St. Martin's, um, which was nearby. I live in North London. And with hindsight, that was not the place for me. I'm a very cardboard and pipe cleaners kind of person, which also explains how strange the next decision was, which was, I'm going to go and do jewellery. Again, it just shows how much I just wasn't, like, in tune with myself at that time. So I chose jewellery because I liked making things. I like like mini things. I think that was... (laughs) I remember really clearly we had to do this project at St Martin's where we took a book and we had to make it into something that was relevant to the title of the book. And I chose, we all went charity shop shopping and I found one called Airport and I made this tiny little trolley out of wire and, and from the pages of the book made these like little... Um, suitcases and bags and stuff and I was like oh I love making tiny things so naturally the next step is I'm going to go and learn how to make jewelry and precious metals.
1: The best part is I could just picture you like making those little like suitcases and bags and stuff like that and having like this moment of giddiness to yourself of just like I love making tiny things.
2: That's it, that's so funny because I I still have that now when I'm making something and it makes me laugh so I just sit there giggling to myself just joy of making tiny things I do come back to that and that's still definitely something that I do so then I went to university and I started to learn to make jewellery I was not very happy at university nothing to do with the course but I was just not very happy in myself um so I found that a struggle um, but I made some lovely friends. I did learn sort of the basics of jewellery making there and sort of what my voice was. But again, it's so fascinating to look back because the stuff that I was making was it was art jewellery, doing big air quotes, which isn't an air quote. They're art jewellery is a thing. <laughs> it was all based on Greek mythology because I was so drawn to the, um, the darkness of it. So all of these pieces I was making, I made this beard made of moth wings completely impractical obviously as a beard (laughs) yeah looking back it was just sort of such a clear illustration of how unhappy I was and then I worked in the jewellery industry for a while and sort of slowly and I did really enjoy jewellery and I still do make jewellery every now and then and it's lovely that connection with people and making special things for people Um, but I'm gradually moving away from it because it's just too expensive it's too precious and as I say I like cardboard. I like making a mess with paint and splattering paint around. Um, but again, it's that there is that connection with other people. Yeah, there's all of these themes that you can you can uh, find. There's a thread running through all of these different meanderings that I've done.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the um, the me- meandering comment is meant absolutely with love because I I empathise with that massively. And I think all of our guests actually have. You know, I think we haven't spoken to anyone so far who said yeah I've wanted to do this and I always wanted to do that and when I started doing it I loved it and I continue like no Mm -hmm. one said that everyone's sort of had all these different kind of multifaceted careers actually that you find that creativity is so um kind of moldable to different things and but but I love that how you've kind of identified these kind of common threads that that weave between your practices and and you know are all kind of coming together in different
1: ways. I think the other thing that's really fascinating about you Eden is the fact that you have like this clarity to see where you were on your mental health journey as well to see like oh here's a place where I was dark but I was still creating and here's a place where I was joyous and still creating and I think that takes a lot of like wherewithal to be able to pinpoint those things and that just shows like how well you know you know yourself
2: yeah, I mean, as I said, mental health has been a very big part of my life and I think yeah, everything you say is so accurate. I think you really could if you could put like a timeline of the stuff that I've made over my life, you could really see the sort of peaks and troughs of my mental health. And yeah, it has been a lot of work. It's been a lot of of reflection, a lot of therapy, and now I can see where I am now and how different things are and at the time I wouldn't have known that that's how I was feeling. But um, it just all sort of felt like that was what I needed to do at that time. And it's fascinating to look back.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that as well. I think it will resonate with a lot of people. And Ashley and I have also spoken about how I don't know, there's something around uh, mental health that's sort of entwined into creativity as well at the same time. But it's almost like that it is part of the journey. I mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I, you know, all the things that you shared, Eden, have really resonated with me personally. And I felt I, I, found university really really hard and actually looking back on it and actually some of the things that I've raised in some of some of the episodes so far actually you know they're probably much more about my own mental state at that time rather than particularly the people there or the work it really has a big impact doesn't it your mental well-being and your ability to well not your ability to create but it just it influences what you create I suppose
1: yeah,
2: definitely. I mean, it's the way you see the world. It's And even if you don't know it, that, that's your, your rose-tinted or other tinted lenses that you're seeing everything through. Yeah, it can influence everything. You could come to the exact same situation on another day in another mood and see something totally different.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wonder if we could talk a little bit more about your kind of shift into working with mindfulness as well weaving that into your creative practice and just a little bit more about perhaps your journey to get you there and and how do you think that creativity is sort of influenced by mindfulness practice and vice versa really
2: yeah I mean mindfulness has been a revelation Um, I've been interested in it for a few years Um, I downloaded Headspace a few years ago and sort of dabbled but never really got it I think there's now that I'm sort of through the matrix I feel like there's something to be got with it and so yes I've been interested in how being in the moment and being really connected to what you're creating can affect what you're doing so when lockdown started I went online It's sort of a very different way working online to working in person. I was doing in-person workshops before that all started and it was all sort of ramping up and getting very excited, working with adults and toddlers as well. But working online, it's smaller. So you're sort of more, it's sort of more intimate, even though you could be in another country, another continent, it's still sort of more intimate. And so those, that smallness, it sort of amplified that part of the creative process for me. And um, really started to realise how much mindfulness can really change your your creativity, your art making. Um, and I was actually doing some bits and pieces anyway, and somebody said to me, why don't you train in mindfulness? Because actually, so many people use that word now, like it's such a, it's such a, um, it's very trendy right now. Um, and I thought, oh, actually, I'd love to learn, because I'd love to learn what it actually does, what it actually does to your brain. And then you sort of harness that power. Um, so I trained to be a mindfulness teacher. And it's just really, that was six months ago. And it's just, it's changed my whole outlook on everything. It's fascinating. So Mindfulness is a lot about understanding how your mind works and what brings you away from the present moment. And that is habits. We are creatures of habit. And when I say habits, I don't mean like, oh, turning on Instagram, which I do all the time. I've I've currently tried to go through a uh, Instagram detox, which is great, thoroughly recommended. Um, But also it's about autopilot and how we live our life, not aware of what we're doing. And actually, when you start to become aware of that, it is mind blowing how much you are not aware. You know, like even things like eating your lunch and watching the TV, you can't do two things at once. Your brain can't concentrate on two things at once and so actually using mindfulness within creativity can really massively enhance it I've started these new sessions which I'm calling just mindful art sessions which is almost like meditating with art like that kind of concentration on just one thing at a time enhances it massively it's like it brings this vibrancy to what you're doing and to the world and so with the when you're more aware of what your brain is doing what your mind is doing you can start to then um, have more agency you can start to feel more empowered to to notice that these thoughts are happening and be like actually no I can do that I can draw that just because it's not going to look like just because I can't draw that off the top of my head and it's going to look perfect it doesn't mean that I can't do it and you sort of start to understand these stories that you're telling yourself without even realizing it and you can choose to pay attention to that or not and I found personally literally using mindfulness to create art is just it's like a whole other world it's about literally watching it happen in front of you so not saying oh I'm going to do this but more like like I've actually started making art with my non-dominant hand now because I have even less control over it. So I'll start with like I, I really like oil pastels. No, yes, oil pastels—they smell so good. Um, so I'll just start like scribbling with my hand, and there is no conscious thought. It's just like this line is now going over here, and I'm watching it happen. And now I'm gonna. Oh, now I'm going to change to pink. And now this is doing this. Like I'm a spectator. And it is so interesting because that changes depending on what mood you're in, what the surroundings are, who you're making art with. And it's all about these these ideas of mindfulness, which cross over from when you're meditating and you're training your mind, but also when you're making. So it's all about patience with yourself, letting go, letting go of an outcome, accepting what is in front of you. And all of these things can apply to if you're scribbling with wax crayons or you're sitting meditating formally I'm getting very excited
0: <laughs> I'm so excited listening to you it's so it is um yeah very infectious your enthusiasm and, and um excitement for all of this stuff and it and it feels really needed it feels really of the moment as mm. well like actually we've been speaking a lot in other episodes about how we're almost trained out of that, aren't we, in terms of formal education, art education, actually just a space to just be with your creativity, not to judge it and to be with it moment by moment feels so important and so freeing. And I bet that must unlock so much for people too.
2: I think it can be quite alarming to people because you're giving yourself space. And yeah, I think it is so important right now with everything that's happening in the world, and I think art is a really interesting way of dealing with things because you're not burdening other people, burdening again in air quotes. But I know that, you know, that might be a reason why you don't want to talk to people, because you're worried about upsetting them or giving them part of your issue. But if you're drawing or giving yourself that time, it is literally that is giving yourself time. It's saying, actually, I deserve this time to slow down and to be with myself and to, to just see what happens. And things come out that you wouldn't necessarily know. You wouldn't necessarily know were there and needed to come out. I've had that myself personally. I've been blown away by these feelings and emotions that have just erupted. And I was like, where did that come from? But it obviously needed to come out. And I've had people get really emotional in my art sessions. And I just feel so, you know, I cry all the time. I Crying does not phase me one jot people are so embarrassed about crying I'm just like it's fine cry like get it out something needs to come out and a lot of things you know it's about memories of things it's about some of the things about the pandemic but I think it's just giving yourself that time to explore it whatever you're doing whatever form of creativity it is you are giving yourself that time to sit down and do that thing and we don't do that we're so used to this idea of needing to be productive all the time and yes art is making things but it's not necessarily like right I'm going to sit down and I'm going to paint this and it's going to go straight on the wall it's not about that you can you could just pluck it away or recycle it or whatever it doesn't matter what you do with it it's the, the act of doing.
0: It is so amazing to hear you talk about it and I really want to come to, I mean, I have been to a couple of your sessions before, but I really want to go again now. And, you know, it's amazing allowing, just saying, yeah, I'm going to spend the next hour and a half and that's just going to be for me. And actually, I think as creatives, we don't do that for ourselves either. I think that's another really important point. Like as creatives, we think, again, we're so on the kind of churning stuff out that we don't often allow ourselves just to have an hour and a half to just make art for no reason
2: and make art that you're not going to try and sell I'm assuming it's a creatives thing where oh I've got this hobby that I'm good at maybe I could like sell it on Etsy no just enjoy it I mean I say this I do exactly that but you know I'm aware of it
0: But it's also about having the mix, though, isn't it? Like you may well have stuff that you sell and you may well make your livelihood out of it. And that's great. But also, where is the you know, I think it's so easy when it becomes your work that you lose uh, that sense of playfulness. I mean, you can integrate it into your work, but but it's sort of like, you know, as you would go sign up for an exercise class because you're like, oh, you know, I need to get fitter. This will be really good for my body and my health. I'm going to sign up for a yoga session. But you don't we don't have the same relationship with creativity. I think in in that respect, I think that we sort of feel it's quite frivolous or something that only certain people could do. Or if you don't see yourself as creative, I I run sessions for carers and there's a lot of people there that uh, who say, I'm not creative so I can't come to this because it's about art so therefore it's not for me and then actually when people join in they realise that it's not about being good at art it's about having time out and relaxing and using creativity as a means for relaxation and well-being but we don't often categorise it as that I think. I totally agree with everything you just said and I think that
2: that's because there's this There's this particular way that society views art and it is art is the end product and that is therefore a commodity. So hopefully, as a creative, you're doing, you're selling or you're making your business out of what you love. And that's great. And but I think there is that difference with yes, okay, this one is to sell, but actually, what if I just want to do this for me? And maybe this isn't going to be seen by anybody. And I think that's another thing, is that we assume that if you make art, you've got to show people. No, you don't. I'll show anybody
0: have secret art
2: yes I love that term secret art that's amazing that's exactly it I'm gonna put that on my website (laughs) I'll quote you don't worry oh thank you but a big part of it is that like that that line of I'm not good at art I can't draw it's so common I hear that all the time and actually they're the people that enjoy it the most I think when they do realize that they can just play and it doesn't matter what the end thing is and that I think is about the secret part is like it doesn't you don't have to display this we don't you don't have to put it on Instagram like we believe you that you still did it even if you
0: don't put it on Instagram yeah and it's you know it's sort of like but an assumption that you need an audience for it and actually. You know, maybe you you are the audience and that's okay and that's enough.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's such a nice way of putting it. And I think and then you give yourself permission to explore more and use it for what you need as opposed to I've got to do this because it's gotta look good. It's a very different way of approaching it.
0: How have you seen creativity make positive changes in your own life and the lives of others? For me, as I have said, but
2: I think it's worth repeating because it's so important, but you can be so in touch with yourself through creating. You know what it is? It's working on big paper for me because it's giving space. It's like, oh, I can reach my arms out. And again, I was probably to do with like that that inner child, because I've definitely noticed like when I'm having the most fun or the most um do you know what it is? Just had a revelation. It's when I feel my most vulnerable is when I am connecting to my inner child. So I'm working big because I guess I feel small. <laughs> just thinking aloud, just therapizing myself as I go. But being in touch with myself has been, it's been quite transformative, actually, because I'm not in therapy. I haven't been in therapy for a while. But I do feel like some of the art that I make is my therapy, like it is my creative self-care. And I think art has a beautiful way, making art has a beautiful way of building confidence. You're literally making something from nothing. And I think that is a real revelation for people that say that they're not creative. Whatever you create in front of you, you have made. That wasn't there before. And I think that can really have an impact and it's sort of like a little microcosm. And then the rest of your life, like, oh, I can, I can do things. I can do more than I think I can. You physically take up more space the more confident you get. Like, you know, when you start drawing and you start really small and really like a little drawing for ants, <laughs> get more and more confident. And by the end of it, you're like taking up the entire page. And what a beautiful metaphor for how you're feeling about yourself. I think it's also about trusting yourself to make mistakes, letting yourself make mistakes, whatever mistakes are. Maybe, maybe a mistake is just something to learn from as opposed to, oh, my drawing's gone wrong, I'm not going to, I'm going to just chuck it away. And I think it's all about letting yourself be vulnerable. Again, this is for me and the people that I, that I make art with. And then that also comes into being in a community. Also, it's really nice to calm down with... <laughs> it's really nice to stress production and just giving yourself time to chill out get a cup of tea or a glass of something yummy and you just chill out
0: absolutely I'm gonna move us on to our next question again which is it really links to all of these things but what do you think are the major or some of the minor barriers to creativity
1: society <laughs> just
0: that little old thing <laughs> yeah, tiny detail feel like I could have screamed the patriarchy
2: (laughs) for me I think the barriers are but people think that if you sit down to make art you've got to be good at it whatever that means in my experience I think a lot of it comes from people's experience of art in school and obviously like as a school subject you've got to have some way of you know grading etc but I think that it instills in us this this view of like if I'm not good, if I can't get an A at school, then what's the point of me doing it? And that is based on ticking boxes. And it's not about that. What if you made this beautiful piece of art that was just lots of scribbles because that's what you needed to make and that felt so cathartic for you, but actually it doesn't tick any of the boxes, so you don't get an A. Especially when I've worked with people that are older. I think that's even more pronounced because it was a lot more sort of right now you draw this line and now you do this and it's a lot more prescriptive uh, in school and that's what they associate with art there isn't creativity in that way because it's just doing things in a laid out step-by-step way so I think yes this idea that you've got to be good at it to do it and I think that that's across the board that's just I think how we as a society, feel, you know, if you're not good at something, why bother? Which is really sad if you, if you stop and think about that. We don't do things for the fun of it. We do things because there's an end point and there's a goal. And I think that then the next step of that is how your mind is whirring all the time and the thoughts that are coming up and saying you can't draw, you're not creative, and you talk yourself out of it. And I think that's another barrier, this, your mind. I think if you're new to it, you don't know where to start. I think that can be quite a big barrier. Or maybe which art materials you need, you know, there's practical things as well as the um, emotional. For me, I think the answer to all of this is just try it, just give it a go. You can let yourself be vulnerable that's obviously easier said than done but I think it comes down to vulnerability and letting yourself feel out of your comfort zone maybe but if there's something pulling you to do it then go for it
0: honestly Eden you have shared so many pearls of wisdom I feel like I could make um about a thousand t-shirts with different quotes on which I might consider doing actually because um that you're so um so full of pearls of wisdom and um you know just a real kind of advocate and campaigner for for this way of being with creativity and enjoying creativity and and integrating it with life and well-being and and I I love that we've got one more question before we move on to our kind of quick fire questions again we sort of touched on it but um what helps you when you've got a creative block
2: well, what I would gi- the advice that I would give, not necessarily what I do, because it's always easier to take someone else's advice. Just be kind to yourself. I think it's so easy to think oh, I should be doing this. But if you think that you should be doing something and you're not doing it, so much conflict in the mind. And actually, I think you could step away. Go for a walk, have a break, just, you know, put it away. And don't, and don't put those expectations on yourself. Obviously, I think it depends on what the context is of your creative block. But I think, you know, if you're doing something for fun, you want to keep it that way. You know, keep it as something that's more lighthearted and take that expectation away. Maybe find things that inspire you to get you kicked back into that, that creative place. Maybe thinking about what it is that inspires you about those things and, and why you're inspired and not thinking about, not, not trying to frame it as, oh, I need to come up with something brand new. There are no new ideas. The way that you see the world is that. That is the way that you will make art in your own very specific flavour, and that's wonderful, and you, can't, you don't need to make it any newer than that, as far as I'm concerned. It's your interpretation, it's your view, it's your Eden-flavoured glasses that made no sense that is so funny (laughs) what do I mean Eden tinted glasses (laughs) no even if you're making art that isn't new you're still contributing to something bigger than yourself you're still making something that is this snapshot in time what has this been influenced by how are you feeling right now it's bigger than that and I think that's quite a hopefully quite a comforting thought that actually it's you're not alone it's a bigger thing you are you're part of a whole and that's just kind of lovely
0: mic drop moment there
1: <laughs> yeah very I'm, I'm like surrounding of like ah, 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 the crowd goes wild i think i need
2: to have you two following me around all the time
0: <laughs> i'd gladly do that i
1: think like, that would be super fun we would have a great time you would be telling us all of this moments of wisdom and we'd have so much fun watching you make tiny things and then we just narrate it.
0: Please, can we do that?
1: Yeah, I feel like there'd be a lot of like making
2: making little loo roll animals and letting them have little conversations.
1: Totally down with that. Um. Okay, we're going to do the quick fire questions, and the first two questions is finish this sentence. So, are you ready? Maybe. Okay, finish the sentence. Creativity is vulnerability. True. Another mic drop moment. Okay, finish the sentence. Something that is inspiring me now is we are lady parts.
2: That was a different reaction from both of you there.
1: <laughs> I'm so confused. What is what is we are? It's is a, that a it's band a show? It's fantastic. It's a um.
2: An all female, all Muslim punk band. And it's like the most
0: empowering thing. It's brilliant. I second that. I bloody love it.
1: I need to, I need to get involved with this. If you had to listen to one song on repeat, what would it be? Oh, the right. The first thing
2: that just springed into my head, there is this song, The Way You Used to Do by Queens of the Stone Age. It's just got a really dancey bass line. And whenever I hear it, I just have to dance. I mean, maybe like the Macarena, so I could just dance. (laughs) Something from the 90s that has a specific song to it, uh, a specific dance.
1: I love that. Um, Okay, next question. If you can have one piece of artwork, specifically visual art, in your home, money being no object, what artwork would you have, and who is it by? (laughs) I'm thinking of, this isn't specifically artwork in the the
2: traditional sense but something worn by Freddie Mercury (laughs) because his his outfits oh my goodness I just want to wear them all
1: (laughs) so something something fabulous on my wall from
2: Freddie Mercury's wardrobe
1: follow-up question to that if you were able to like ascertain an outfit from Freddie Mercury would you wear it or would you like put it on the wall somewhere oh that is such a good question Well, I'm learning to make clothes. So what I would
2: do is make my own version (laughs) and then I could put it on the
1: wall. (laughs) It's genius. Okay, next question. If you had to pick any film to represent your creative journey, which film would it be? Gosh, that is a question.
2: Oh my goodness. I'm absolutely blank. Is there a TV show? I tell you what, actually... I feel like I could have come up with a a female answer, but um, Bo Burnham's new special Inside on Mm. Netflix resonated with me so deeply. It's so bare about mental health and he's hilariously funny, like incredibly talented, clearly a very intense person, but his making light of... The world and coming to terms with his own mental
1: health—that really, really resonated with me. Okay, final question: If you were to inspire a young person or even your younger self, which book would you gift them to help them on their creative journey?
2: Okay, I've got a book in mind. We're just going to go with it. uh The Midnight Library by Matt Haig.
1: Really, I loved Sorry. it. <laughs> I
2: think, as again, okay. it's just like understanding yourself understanding your mental well-being understanding what you need who you are yeah it's hard to come up with um really uh philosophical answers
1: (laughs) really quickly sorry I also I so I got halfway through the midnight library and I was traveling when I read it and I left it someplace and so I've only got halfway through and so I'm like I have no idea what happens to those characters or where their journey ends that's I feel like that's quite fitting for the, the nature of the book that
2: it's been left somewhere <laughs>
0: in another world
2: <laughs> oh it was I really enjoyed it I sobbed like a baby throughout that book
0: mm.
2: oh yeah I think you should get hold of it and read the rest of it pick okay. up where you
0: left off we are <laughs> going to be having a playlist of all of the songs our guests have recommended and book club recommendations for for the books too so um I have idea. We'll all get to read them.
1: Eden, these were such great answers, and they were so fun. Thank you for doing the quick fire round. Oh, that was
2: a bit scary. Thank you for your help.
0: You did a fabulous job. It has been such a dream to have you on today, Eden. Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to this back because I'm still serious about making all of those Um, (laughs) t-shirts. There are so many pearls of wisdom here and um, I really hope, I'm pretty sure that it's going to be really relatable to so many people. So really appreciate your kind of Honesty about your own creative journey and the things that have helped you or have hindered you along the way, and how you've managed to kind of get to what you're doing today. Um, it seems like it's a really important thing to be offering to the world, and what a gift! So thank you so much. Um, for anybody who is interested in joining your sessions or finding out more about you, what's the best way for them to find you or get in touch? Uh,
2: so if you want to get in touch with me, my website is Eden Faye. Fay.co.uk. Um, and my Instagram is Eden underscore Fay.
0: Fabulous. Thank you. We'll pop those in the show notes as well so um, people can find you. But yeah, just a huge thank you again, Eden. It's been such a pleasure.
1: And I have had so much fun learning about you the joy of making tiny things, you working on big paper to find your inner child. Like, I love that. Like, I wrote down some of the things that Steph was talking about. And I was like, yeah, man, these should be t shirts. These should absolutely be t shirts. I mean, maybe we can do like a Freddie Mercury flavored T-shirt. Dreaming Yeah, but we can't put it on Etsy to sell because this is just for us. Yes, and we don't need to make we
2: don't need to make money from all of our creative endeavors. Exactly.
1: Preach that. <laughs> thank you for listening to curious about creativity if you like what you heard today please like review share and subscribe if you leave us a review it helps more people find us
0: a huge thank you to our guest today eden silvermeyer also known as eden Fay. curious about creativity is hosted by steph turner and ashley evenson music is by twins music It's edited by bex Steverage and produced by bex Deverage, ashley evenson and steph turner